Um, our thanks are due to God for all temporal blessings. They are more than we deserve. So the things like our house, our spouse, and whatever. Um, but our thanks ought to go to God in thunders of hallelujahs for spiritual blessings. A new heart is better than a new coat. If we have no appreciation for spiritual blessing, then we live at the level of animals. Animals live only to eat, sleep, entertain themselves, and to reproduce. We are made in the image of God, and he has something much higher for us. Yet many of us, but yet many choose to live at the level of animals. God wants us to know every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. These blessings that we have received in the heavenly places are a reality. It can often sound a little bit otherly, can't it, and a bit out there. Because, and, and in our heads, we know maybe them to be true, but we don't necessarily feel or the outworking of that or feel that it is a reality for us. But Paul makes sure and clear that these blessings, he tells us, are from the heavenly places, are from above. And he does that because when he talks about the heavenly places, he's referring to they're from God. That means they are true, they are real, they cannot be taken away, and they are eternal. These are to be the fountain of joy that we look at every single day. It is so tempting to look at the temporal blessings of today, isn't it, what we've been given. Um, it, but but what, we, what we need to do is, have a, is to look above, look at the blessings above, and be encouraged that in every single situation, these things are true about us and our identity because of what Christ has done. And so we're gonna look at each of these just, just um, briefly. Every one of these could be a sermon. Every single one of these could be a very, very detailed sermon, but you'll be pleased to know, or sad to know, that I won't be doing that for every single one of these, but we will look at them. So write these down. Um, maybe even just circle the one that really stands out to you and the one that you feel personally that you need to hear and be comforted by at the moment. Are we ready? So we're going to look at, first of all, the work of God in verses three to six, what he does and the blessings that he gives us. So here we go. Firstly, we are chosen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Guys, you are no, it's no accident that you know and love Jesus. It's not an accident. You were chosen before the foundation of the world in Christ that you would come to know him and be part of this new community. It's no accident on the 20th of November, 2003, I received Christ. It's no accident that any of you sitting there that know him and love him have received him when you did. You were chosen. You were chosen. Not because of anything that you did. Not because you deserve it. He chose you. And maybe you need to hear that today. Maybe that's something, a blessing that you need to spend some time dwelling on, that you were chosen. Maybe you're doubting your faith. Maybe you're doubting your love for Jesus. But if you professed him as your Lord and Saviour, and you know that you know that he is your King and Saviour, really, deep down, you were chosen. Enjoy that. That can't be taken away. If he's chosen you, he can't unchoose you. Well, secondly, we see in the next one that we are holy and 
blameless in Christ. Verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. You are not condemned. You are now holy and blameless. That means you are set apart for this new community and you are able to enter God's presence now at any time. And when we think about the rigmarole that Israel had to do, the high priest going once a year into the Holy of Holies to be in the presence of God just for a short time, had to do all these crazy rituals to get in there. We get to do that, but every single moment of every single day if we want to, because in Christ we are seen as holy and blameless. He is our great high priest. He goes before us. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. Maybe you are being accused. Maybe the, the devil is accusing you. Maybe you're feeling accused by others. You are not condemned. That is the reality of the blessing that you have been given. You are holy and blameless. You are whiter than white. There are no stains on you in the eyes of God. Well, thirdly, we also see another blessing that we have in verse five. He predestined us for the adoption of sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He predestines for adoption to himself before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him, according to the pleasure of his will. Guys, this is amazing. Not only were you saved to be holy, but also we're saved so that we can enjoy being adopted into his family, adopted as sons. This is not just a personal transformation, as, as amazing as that is, there is also the relational aspect of it, that, he, that there's a warm and confidence relational side of knowing that we are the fathers. And this was his plan for all time to draw you into his family, into the new community, not having to choose you, nor because we're good enough. But it's this beautiful picture of adoption that the papers have been signed, signed, sealed, delivered. You are now God the Father's. And some of us have different um, experiences of family. Some of them were really close with our blood family, and that's fantastic. But also, some of us don't have that. But either way, we know we've been brought into this new family of brothers and sisters in Christ that we're sit that are sitting here now, or sitting on Zoom now in their rooms, that we are now family. And whether you may not agree with me with this statement that I say, but this is a stronger bond than even blood family because we are united in Christ. Nothing, nothing can ever take that away. Maybe you need to hear this today. Maybe you need to have the loving arms of a father wrapped around you. He loves for you to run to him like a child. It's his great delight. It's the pleasure of his will. Maybe that is a blessing that you need to enjoy this week and spend time dwelling on. But next, we also see that we are um, blessed in the one he loves. He predestined us for the adoptions of sons to himself, as sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. 
Isn't that amazing? God, get this, God, the creator of the world, the God with this plan to draw the whole of um, the whole of the universe and um, to unite it in Christ. It is his great pleasure to have chosen you, to have adopted you. It is a delight of his. Maybe you need to hear this today, that God delights in you. Whatever you've done today, whatever you did last week, whatever you did in the past, whatever you're going to do in the future, God takes delight in you being part of his family. That really excites me. That really excites me that God delights in me, even when I screwed up this week. Maybe you need to hear that today. Maybe God feels distant at times. Maybe he feels like he's angry with you. Maybe you feel like he's angry with you. But that's not true. He delights in you. And as we move on now into verse 7, we see that we see the work of the Son now. In fact, let me just go back a minute. Just look around. Look around on this picture. On this picture. God delights in each and every single one of you. And so when we see a brother and sister in our new community, maybe that's something we can encourage one another in. God delights in them. God delights in them. Even maybe when we don't delight in them ourselves at times. When you don't delight in me, God delights in me. And that is a truth that you can remind, we can remind each other of. Anyway, sorry, moving on. The work of the Son in verse 7. We see that in him we have the redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins we have been redeemed i know some of this seems like basic stuff that we've all heard over the years that many that some of us have been part of church for a long time you've heard these things over and over again but these are true blessings that you've been given blessings that we can take hold of that you were redeemed at a price a great price it wasn't cheap it was expensive to god it was his beloved son we were once walking a path of destruction, going the wrong way. We belonged to, to, to other things. The Bible tells us that we belonged to um, the world. We belonged to the devil. But now we belong to Jesus Christ. He has changed our course. He's changed our path completely at a great cost. That's how valuable you are to him. You were enslaved to sin, a criminal in prison because of our sin and then we've been set free from that and we're not just wandering around scot-free as people that are out of prison but what we we are being changed as well to be conformed to him in our new community we are all being conformed more to christ nothing in this world has the power to do that only jesus maybe you need to be reminded that you are you have been brought back you can't earn your way back. There is no, no, even if whatever you do, no matter how good you are, no matter how good you try and be, that can't buy you the affection of our Lord and Saviour. It can't. He can only do it for us. And if you are in him, you are redeemed at a great price. The part, second part of verse 7 reads this, if we move on to the next one, forgiveness of sins. Uh, not only have we been redeemed, but we receive the forgiveness of sins. What a blessing that is, according to the riches of his grace. 
whether you sin today or you will have sinned today, whether you sinned in the past and you will have sinned in the past, and when you sin in the future, because you will sin in the future, even if you are the most rotten of sinners, whatever you've done, if you're in Christ, it does not disqualify you from this community. We cannot just be um, taken out of God's new community. We are in it if we are his. Every wrong has been burnt up and dissolved by the blood of Christ. If you feel you've ever gone too far, if you feel that your sin is so, um, that you feel um, that you are ingrained in sin, his grace and the cross goes further. If your sin goes deep, the cross goes deeper. That is true. Maybe you need to hear that today. Maybe you're caught in a sin that is just ongoing. And you don't feel that there is a way out, but God still loves you. The cross goes deeper. All we need to do is look to him. We, we get to go to him for forgiveness and God takes delight in us doing that. And if we don't do that, we're robbing him of the ability to get delight from forgiving us. Does that make sense? Like, maybe that's something, maybe you need to hear that today. Maybe there's some confession that needs to go on, confession and repentance by going to the Lord and him and knowing that he delights in forgiving you. Otherwise, we are belittling the cost of what Jesus did by going to the cross for us. It is enough. It is enough. Let's enjoy that truth. Let's enjoy that blessing that has been given to us. And it's according to the riches of his grace. If we move on to the next one, in accordance with the riches of his grace that, that he has lavished on us. We've received grace that we don't deserve. This is all, we don't deserve any of this. This is God's generous gift to us. He is giving things that we do not deserve. And we don't deserve these things because scripture tells us that we have all fallen short from the glory of God, haven't we? We all um, have fallen short of it, but he gives us grace. Anyway, though we were still sinners, Christ died for you. And I love this word. Like lavish is my word for the month. He's lavished it on us, not a meager amount, but in an absolute abundance. An abundance. Maybe you need to know that God is generous to us. Maybe in our circumstances at the moment, we feel that we don't feel like our temporal blessings are generous at the moment. But then we need to look above and see that these um, uh, these blessings that we have above in the heavenly places, these spiritual blessings are far greater than, 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 uh, than our circumstances. And that's hard, isn't it? Because we, we live in the here and now. We live in what we've got around us. And God cares about our circumstances. He knows what's going on. But there is also just this wonderful picture of a generous God who lavishes his grace on us. And maybe we need to spend time this week looking at that just experiencing the grace that God offers us in all these spiritual blessings, they're all a grace. Rather than look to our circumstances at the moment. God is generous, that is true. Both in our circumstances, but also in, uh, from the spiritual blessings. And that's the thing that we should be focusing on. And I encourage us to do it. And it's hard. And I've struggled this week to do that. I really, really have. But I want us to encourage one another to look above Look at these blessings that are from above. Um, next, uh, next we see um, 
is um, at verse 9. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Not only does God delight in giving us grace and making us his child, it was his good pleasure to do it, but he delights in making us know that he's done it. Isn't that amazing? He's made known the mystery. I think it's the one before, Ben. He has made known the mystery. He delights in making us know it. You are important enough to be revealed this mystery that it's Christ, it's all about Christ. Salvation is only through Christ. We're not lost in ideas of philosophy, big questions that have plagued humanity for years, um, the meaning of life. We're not, we're not plagued by that. We don't look at the cross and think, wonder why did, why did Jesus do that? We know that God has made it known to us so we can be anchored in that truth. We know the meaning of life. We know that God, the holy God, knows and loves us. We don't need to fear him in that, in terms of being, uh, we don't need to fear him because we know that he has a plan. We know his plan. We don't need to fear that he's, that he's going to harm us anyway. We know that his plan is to bring us to the new heaven and the new earth in this new community. And that gives us a peace in the here and now. If we look to this blessing that we have set forth in Christ, this mystery that he's revealed to us, it can give us great peace. Maybe you need to experience the peace of God, knowing that he has a plan, that it is going to, even at the moment when things look, oh, what's going on? I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel with this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's when the plan, God's plan comes to fruition. And then finally, we see the work of the Spirit in verses 13 and 14, which says, when you believed, you were marked in a, marked um, in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Our inheritance is not a pension. It's not a retirement plan. We receive a crown, a crown that we will then lay at his feet when we are in the new heaven and the new earth, in a new body, in eternity, with face to face with God. It cannot be taken away. It's like um, the shepherds used to, and they still do, probably brand their sheep, don't they? There's a branding on the sheep. And so when they go into the fields, when the shepherd went to get the sheep, he'd know which ones are his. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We'd be marked with the Holy Spirit. And so our eternal salvation is secure. We don't need to doubt it. Once his, always his. We are not alone. If we are truly his, we will always be truly his. And these blessings are ours. But we need to look heaven, heavenwards, don't we, for them, to the permanent blessings that we've received by the unmerited favour of grace that God has given us. They're given in grace, but they are enacted in faith. We take hold of them when we believe in them. And I just wanted something that um, I would love us to do as a church and encourage one another in is trusting and believing in these things, texting one another these truths, reminding each other of these spiritual blessings because it's when we take hold of them and we and we believe which it says when you believe you were marked with a seal there is something that we have to do we need to believe and i know there's times of doubt there's times of difficulties times of uncertainty but we can encourage one another in this community to look heavenwards 
But just really quickly to finish with, these are blessings that are for those that know and love Jesus. If you don't know and love Jesus, or you don't, there hasn't been a day where you think that you have given your life to him, these are blessings that are awaiting you when you do. So I want to encourage you that these are things that are a wonderful abundance of blessing that we receive. But if you're not in Christ, these are not for you. These are not for you. And just as we reflect at the end, there's a, a couple of words that I didn't really speak about too much is that he does it in love. We see at the end of verse four that it's in love that he does these things. In love is how he does it. He loves you, not out of duty, but he loves you. And he does it in wisdom and insight. This is not a rational swell that he later regrets, that he'll change his mind. This is the wisdom of God to do this, to choose you and predestine you, to make you his children. This is intense intentionality. Say that five times quickly. Intense intentionality towards you. Not a gift that he throws out as a by-reaction for what happened on the cross. This is not the small print. This is the great purpose of God towards us. This is his intention for you. All according to the counsel of his will. Why? And just really quickly to close. Why? Because it's all for, the, it's all for his praise. All for his praise. Sometimes I can flip between feeling so insignificant when things like COVID happen. You think, oh, what can I do? I can't do anything. I feel, I feel like nothing. And then compared to when COVID hits, you think, how's this changed my life? This is awful. How's this going to look? Oh, this week's made my life an absolute, I can't go out. I can't see friends. I flip between those things. But this passage, this truth, helps and these blessings help us to remember that we are significant to God, that he's lavished these blessings upon us. But also, it's not about us. It puts that right perspective for us. It's not about us. It's verse three, praise God. Verse six, to the praise of his glorious grace. Verse 12 and 14, to the praise of his glory. It is all about his praise. It's all about his glory. That is the focus. God does it all this to glorify himself because he is worth it. He is the best thing and he is most worthy of our praise. Yet he loves you but he loves his glory more. And these spiritual blessings are his way of, of, um, um, of shooting them out towards us and we're to reflect them back to him and give him praise back for them. So when we say, thank you that I'm a child of God, that's bringing praise to him. When we thank him that he's adopted us, it's praise to him. So as we seek to build and join in building this community in Christ, we do so all for his praise and glory. As we are united as a community, we bring praise and glory to him. As we delight in him, when we sing songs of worship to him, we delight in him and bring praise and glory to him. When we, when we believe these things and act these things out in faith, we bring glory and praise to him. And he is delighted when we do that. As we seek to build a community that is united in all, um, to build a, a community in Christ, we need to look to him and guys i just hope this has been an encouragement to you i hope this has been a time where you think oh praise the lord for what he has done and if this week we are able to spend some time just glancing over these things and giving praise to him in them all due all praise due to his name let's pray father i want to thank you for your word thank you for um, the truth thank you for the wonderful spiritual blessings that we have because of christ and in christ lord, 
Lord, I pray that we would learn and you would help us grow in taking hold of them, Lord. I pray even for myself that I would not look to the temporal things of the world so much, but um, look to the permanent blessings that, I ha- that we have in the heavenly places, Lord. Help us do that this week, I pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to finish with um, singing um, a song again. It's called um, King of Kings. It's praise the Father, praise the Son, um, praise the Spirit, three in one.
in worship and in the word and just to close um i wonder if by way of an encouragement to one another if we, i started by saying about how paul says grace to you and then leaving them as the scroll is is rolled up and kept safe in someone's home or wherever it was kept um that that isn't where grace remains it doesn't get locked up there. It remains with you. So I wonder if, I haven't planned to do this, but very, very quickly, if you are prepared to unmute yourself, unmute yourself again, um, if there is a, one of those blessings that Dan um, explained for us that is really uh, on your heart to give thanks for and to encourage one another, if you want to just unmute yourself, say it, and then mute yourself again, um, just by way of encouragement. I think that would also show some of the grace that's going to be staying with us. So a quick fire encouragement of one another, and then I'll pray to finish.